Hey, 80s Nation. Before we start the show, I wanted to tell you something. We recorded this episode just hours before the news broke of Rick Ocasek's passing, and it's just a coincidence that we talk about one of his songs today. We're planning to do a bigger show on Rick and his legacy, so know that's coming your way. But for now, we're dedicating this episode to Rick Ocasek and all the music he performed and produced in our beloved 80s. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? What of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we apologize for forgetting. Forgetting? Forgetting what? Exactly. Well, I'm lost. We forgot to keep doing our series on forgotten hits of the 80s. Today we'll cover 1983. Gentlemen, I'm here to help you with your history report. What? Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. And as always, if you love the show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Okay, 80s Nation, here's a story. We used to do a really fun series on this show called Forgotten Hits, where we honored hit songs of a given year that, frankly, we had forgotten about, or maybe in some cases never even heard. Yeah, but here's the rub. We haven't done the series, I had to look this up, since May of 2018. So it's been, it's been over a year. It's been resting in slumber. So we're picking up the pieces today, and we're going to do a song on the forgotten hits of 1983. However, however, gentle listener, when Steve and I looked through the Hot 100 for 1983, which is what we've been using previously, I was like, I literally know all of these songs. <laughs> I haven't forgotten any of this stuff. Maybe one track. There's an Earth, Wind, and Fire song that I wasn't familiar with. But it's like, no, there, there's nothing forgotten here. So we, we, we're we digging a little deeper. We'll, del- we'll delve deeper and deeper. The dwarves delve too greedily and too deep. <laughs> so how we're going to do it this time is, instead of just using the year-end Hot 100 chart, we looked at the individual weekly charts. And we kind of like, generally speaking, we looked for the songs that were about, you know, between 30 and 40 on the chart that week. And there we did find plenty of forgotten hits. Yeah, I think the bottom 20 of the top 40, if that makes any sense, is where all the interesting stuff is. Now, here's the point I always want to make when we do this series. We're not saying that we didn't hear the song necessarily. And we're not really saying we forgot it. We're just saying the world in general seems to have ended its fascination with this song long ago. And we just want to shine a little light on it. So yeah. don't take it too seriously. Love. It's just a, just a podcast. We certainly aren't. Let me get things started. Here's my first song. It's Lawyers in Love by Jackson Brown.
Now, here's a fun fact. So, this is on the Hot 100. It, uh, I put it on the list, and Brad looked at it. He's like, Lawyers in Love. Everybody remembers Lawyers in Love. I'm like, oh, yeah? Sing along to it. And he's like, uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't. I didn't want to call you in the middle of the work day. You, I, you want to know if I could hum it. <laughs> yeah, Lawyers it, in love. It's, it, I remember the video more than I remember the song. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it was the first single title track of uh, Jackson Brown's 1983 album of the same name, obviously. Not as successful as his previous work, including Somebody's Baby, which, of course, is like, if there's a love theme to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, maybe it's Somebody's Baby. <laughs> That's probably it. Yeah. Forbidden love. But uh, nonetheless, at uh, number 13, it became uh, Jackson Brown's fourth highest peaking si- single on the Hot 100. Um, hmm. Some fans and critics will say that uh, Lawyers in Love is a bridge between his personal songs that he's, he's so well known for and then the political songs, which he transitioned to about, you know, about halfway through our beloved decade. Others kind of write it off or credit it, depending on your point of view, as a critique of the materialism of the Ronald Reagan era. But uh, it is still, to me, just a fun, whimsical story with with an interesting video. Checks out. Brad, what's your first forgotten hit from 1983? My first forgotten hit this week, and this is my one off of the actual Hot 100, is Dead Giveaway by Shalimar. So, Steve, Dead Giveaway finished 1983 at 86th on the year-end Hot 100, Ooh. so that's respectably low. <laughs> you could be forgotten in that slot. Yeah, yeah. It peaked at number 22 for two weeks in September, so, you know, it got some airplay, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't a monster hit. Uh, it's the lead single from Shalimar's album, The Look, which was the last Shalimar album to feature the trio of Jeffrey Daniel, Howard Hewitt, and someone you might have heard of. A young lady by the name of Jody Watley. Excellent. Yeah. And this is just, it's a classic kind of dance R&B track. It's so fun. I, I, I really had never even listened to the lyrics. I just knew the dead giveaway part. <laughs> and, you know, that was apparently enough to, to draw me in. I got to admit, 1983 was one of those years where I was, I was so fully engaged in Duran Duran and New Wave that I had pretty much like, I had shut the door on R&B. So that's, that's how it yeah. escaped I my mean, attention. It kind of maybe was a glancing blow. You might have heard it on the radio a couple of times in the fall. But uh, the video, again, we go to the video because this is the video era. The video features lead singer Howard Hewitt in a mystery as he scours <laughs> London in search of a mysterious masked woman. Like, these are the best videos. Oh, have some God. cheesy story that has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song, really. I've, I've, got, I've got one for today's list that has almost the exact same plot for the video. So... Uh, well, you know, there are only like six video plots of it. Right. It's a very tired the concert video, or do you want to scour London? <laughs> yeah. So I have to say before we get too much further that most, if not all of my research on this song was done by our good friend Kevin Serving Wench, uh, who wrote a column on this song for the old Stuck in the 80s blog in February 2016. So hat tip Kevin. Thanks, yeah. man. Boy, I missed that. <laughs> 
feature. Yeah. So, Steve, was this Shalimar's biggest hit? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I sure hope not, but I couldn't name another hit. Would you like a hint? I would like a hint. What if I said John Lithgow? John Lithgow popping the cassette out of a boombox that's sitting on a car. Oh, from uh, looking disapprovingly <laughs> from Footloose. His daughter. Yeah, dancing in the sheets. Oh my God, that's shall. Oh, geez, I'm an idiot. Okay. I really well, should know that. It doesn't have the same sound because those three, uh, you know, the singers had all left. Uh, but that hit number 17 in 1984. Okay, well, that's a great song. And it's also a super groovy song. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you bet it is. Okay, so here's my next song. And I know this is one of your favorites because you're a huge Rick Ocasek fan, especially of his solo work. Apologist. <laughs> At the end of, <laughs> the very end of 1982, he came out with his first solo album. I can't believe it was like actually in 82. For some reason in my mind, it's later than 82. But anyway, I digress. In late 82, he came out with an album called Beatitude. And uh, one of the first singles off it was this one called Something to Grab For. This song makes the list, obviously it's a 1982 song, but because it was a hit in 83, it actually came out on December 30th. Aha. It came out on December 30th, so it couldn't have, it really couldn't oh, have uh, come out any closer. So it peaked at number 47, not exactly a uh, scorcher. Come on, Rick. <laughs> For the longest time, I, I misunderstood what he was saying. I, it sounds to me he's singing, give me something grab for. Like he's dropping the two. That, that's how my that's how my adolescent brain processed it. It's just that Boston dialect. I guess I, I never thought of him as having one, but he's dropping his two. So, uh, hmm. anyway, pop question, Brad, because I know you're such a fan. Uh, was something to grab for, or as I like to call it, something grab for? Rick's best performing solo work. Uh, at 47 no um that would it would have to be something off of um his next solo album the side of paradise it's had a couple of hits uh you're correct emotion in motion was a top 20 song and uh actually okay. topped topped the rock chart so go figure yeah it's kind of interesting to listen to this side of paradise because i feel like you hear what rick Ocasek would you know wanted to do without the cars bringing him down <laughs> telling him what to do all the time i mean you hear sounds you hear some kind of hints of that sound in later cars work but it's not as kind of fully developed as on his solo album yeah it's still great stuff i love it though oh yeah this week's episode of stuck in the 80s is sponsored by Ucora. do you get a lot of utis Turns out you're not alone. UTIs are the second most common infection in the U.S. Half of all women get UTIs, and about one in five women struggle with recurring UTIs. If you get UTIs, you know that cranberry juice isn't going to solve the problem by itself, and taking too many antibiotics can be problematic as well. So what should you do? Try Eucora, the natural effective way to prevent UTIs. Eucora's unique formula targets bacteria and enables you to safely flush bacteria out of your urinary tract, stopping UTIs before they can start. Just mix it with water and drink it after intimacy or exercise or whenever you think you might be at risk of a UTI. If you don't know what causes your UTIs, Eucora has you covered on a day-to-day basis too. It's made of ingredients found in nature, and it tastes like pink lemonade. 
Eucora also makes a specialized probiotic, Eucora Promote, which includes two specific strains of good bacteria that your body needs to keep bad bacteria in check. Eucora Promote balances pH and restores good bacteria that keeps your system healthy. Just take one capsule a day to ward off UTIs and other nasty issues, and if you aren't happy within 30 days, they'll give you your money back. Try Eucora risk-free for 30 days and say goodbye to UTIs. And right now, Eucora is offering 30% off when you text STUCK to 48-48-48. But hurry, this is a limited-time offer. Text STUCK to 48-48-48 to get 30% off your order of Eucora. That's S-T-U-C-K to 484848. And we're back, and we're still going through our forgotten hits of 1983. Brad's up next. Brad, what do you got? Okay, Steve. My next song is from Welshman Dave Edmonds, I Give You Slippin' Away. So that, gentle listener, is the second single from Dave's 1983 album, Information. It peaked at number 39 on the charts in July. That's wow. right. Just across that top 40 line. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like an 80s song at all. Am I, am I wrong about that? Well, it was written and produced by Jeff Lynn. Oh, there you go. And once you know that, then you're like, oh, yeah, all that layering, all that, you know, the synth lines and the guitar all kind of all meshing and all the harmonies, it all fits. You're like, oh, yeah, Jeff Lynn, of course, of course. Yeah. Once you say Jeff Lynn, that's all I can hear now. This was his second and last solo top 40 hit. The first was, any guesses? Uh, the wreck of the uh, the Dave Edmonds? I have no idea. <laughs> no, it was his cover of I Hear You Knockin' in 1970. Oh, my God. Which was a huge hit for him. It was the UK Christmas number one that year, which I guess is a big deal if you're in the UK, which I'm not. So, okay. No, it's a huge deal, of course. Yeah. I, I just yeah. – he went from 1970 to 1983. Yeah, he was working for a long time. Uh, he's probably better known in the United States for his work with Rockpile and Nick Lowe. Okay. And we've we've talked about him on other shows. He's the guy that wrote Elvis Costello's Girls Talk, and he's the guy who did the first recording of Juice Newton's Queen of Hearts. Oh, so, yeah. Newton, you know, Juice Newton made it famous. Here's a fun fact for you about Dave Edmonds. He produced and assembled the soundtrack for Porky's Revenge. <laughs> Oh my I mean, god! That's I don't even remember the movie. Who was on? What was on the soundtrack? I've never even seen it. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. He he got a lot of his friends to participate in it. Performances by Jeff Beck, Carl Perkins, George Harrison, Clarence Clemens. There's a lot of talent on this soundtrack. But I mean, this just it feels like a kind of a oh, book no. the gig moment, right? You like, didn't. Oh, you never saw the movie. Called? You never I saw don't it. Think so it's pretty bad. I mean, the, I saw the first one and the third one. <laughs> You missed the Wrath of Khan uh, installment of the Porky's I trilogy. The Wrath of Khan. I figured the even numbered thing couldn't hold for every series. Oh God! You know, I don't mean to be like a a dick here, but here it comes. 
I don't I, I don't like any of the Porky's movies. I mean, there's a couple funny moments in, in the first one. You know, why do they call you Lassie? Stuff like that. Or, you know, maybe sure. we can get a police artist <laughs> describe <laughs> the penis. I mean, there's there's like there's like three really just like I'm going to I'm going to pass out laughing moments in right. the first Porky's. But beyond that, it's just it's. It's not nearly as good as it's as whatever reputation somebody has given it. It's not. I haven't given it any. So I just. I don't know. I'm just in a weird mood today. Well, do you think it just gets some credit for being, you know, early on the scene there, first mover? Like, let's take meatballs and add dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. I got a bit of a. Don't die. I'm fighting off a bit of a cold or summer something so it's it, please don't make me laugh which is not usually a problem so i wasn't counting on it oh i'm just that hurts i know i'm sorry you know you know you I'm make wounded. me laugh everyone knows you make me laugh and like you like i come with inches of, inches of death every single podcast because you you say something that just kills me so okay now you're just laying it on with a trowel and i love it <laughs> okay steve get us out of this corner yeah I'm, here's my third song from 1983 is it truly forgotten or is it just truly genius? I give you 38 specials if I'd been the one. This was the song with the video that's oh. exactly like the other video. The band is basically dressed so up good. like detectives wandering the streets for a missing woman. That's that's it. It's so good. It's so good. I don't even care about the video. The song is so good. I know that doesn't say anything about it. This is a fantastic straight ahead yeah. rocker and they just they just crush it. They were so ridiculously on point and so prolific in the Late seventies, early eighties. I think they had an album out almost every year from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty three. Um, Man, this was the best performing song of their nineteen eighty three album. Obviously, Tour de Force. It uh, topped out at number nineteen on the charts, barely beating out, which I think is a better known song, "Back Where You Belong," which was number twenty. Yeah, that's a more popular, maybe not more popular, but better remembered. So here's the trivia question I always ask. I'm sure I've asked it at some point on the podcast. It's been a while. I, I lived in Jacksonville for four years, from 1991 to 1995. Four very long years. Dark times indeed. The early 90s. <laughs> they really were. Jacksonville's known for three bands. 38 Specials, one of them. Can you name the other two? Um, isn't Skinner from Jacksonville? Leonard Skinner is indeed from Jacksonville. And the third one is... Steve Spears and the Hong Book. I have no idea. No, it's Molly Hatchet. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have ever gotten that. <laughs> you do when you live in Jacksonville, man. I mean, it's just... Anyway, um, 30 Special was led by Donnie Van Zant, who was the younger brother of Leonard Skinner's Ronnie Van Zant. Donnie retired from the band in 2013. He had uh, some inner ear nerve damage. Oh. These days, the band still performs. Too much rocking in America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wrong band. <laughs> 
These days, the band still tours. They still perform. Only one original member still performs with the band, though, and that's Don Barnes, who serves as the lead vocalist. Um, have you ever had a chance to see these guys live? I have not. It seems like they would be a lot of fun. They opened for REO Speedwagon in, I want to say, 2009. And okay. the podcast was going in 2009. And yeah. I wanted to go to the show with with my co-host at the time, which was Sean Daly. Right. Sean was notorious about not wanting to go to concerts because he was the quote-unquote rock music critic. And he didn't want to go to concerts on his own time. But I'm like, you really got to go. Ario Speedwagon is worth seeing, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, fine, but we're blowing off 38 Special. So we, we get there. We're like the last people. We've got the last parking spot at the, at the venue. We walk in, and we're like, what is that sound? And we open up the door to, the, uh, to where the seats are, and everyone is on their feet just like going completely batshit crazy while the band is up there just cranking through one hit after another after another. Nobody sat down. It was, it was like that scene in uh, Blues Brothers where the crowd suddenly just lurches up. Just suddenly <laughs> snaps into it. Yeah, That's exactly what it was like. And, and Donnie Van Zandt, was just, he was just like a, a king holding court that night. And I just yeah. I wanted. I mean, to- they have so many hits. I know. So many I hits. know. They had twelve studio albums, four went platinum, fifteen singles in the top one hundred, and my dickhead of a podcast co-host made us miss like ninety percent <laughs> of the set. So I'm still mad. And now, and now, of course, Donnie's not touring anymore. So I mean, I hear they're still good, but you know, I, I yeah. missed. I, I would love to have seen a full set back in their heyday. That's <laughs> okay. That's Put all, that on the time machine list. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm spent. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to okay. pour Gatorade here and while you finish up. Okay, Steve. I'm going to take that theme and run with it, the American rock and bands. Don't Tell Me You Love Me by Night Ranger. Spearsy, rock on! <laughs> if I had the energy, I would get on my feet and start swinging stuff around. I am throwing the double goat right now at my desk. So, <laughs> throwing the double goat. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a euphemism. <laughs> I'm going to throw a double goat here. No, Dave Dirt knows what I'm talking about. So that, that song, three weeks at number 40 on the charts, which means that three times Casey Kasem had to say, and here's the next song by... This was on the charts in late February and March. You know, point and laugh if you must, but be honest, you would sell body parts to have had a top 40 hit. Sure. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it makes you feel any better, it went to number four on the mainstream rock chart. Doesn't. Yeah, I know. Great song regardless. Um, the first single off Dawn Patrol. First single. You know what that means? That is Night Ranger's first ever single. Dawn Patrol was their debut album? Wow. Yeah, I don't remember that. I was like, "Oh, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute." They were, they were I mean, definitely one of those MTV bands. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever heard of them until I saw them on MTV. And uh, you know, this is a rockin' tune. It's got tight harmonies, a lot of fun guitar riffs, and the lyrics are just—they just make me laugh. This anti-love song. Whatever you do, Steve, don't tell me you love me because I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Spent uh, spent a lot of time working on the lyrics for that one. I can tell. 
But it's fun. Yeah. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. It's fun. I have you, you've seen Night Ranger in concert, right? Uh, I have not. No, I have that's, not. That's 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 almost hear stories about them. That's though. almost against the odds. I mean, they <laughs> those guys are are like never off the road. They um they still play this song live. I've seen Night Ranger like six times because they open for everybody. I don't mean that in a yeah. negative way. But uh, no, they're a working band. They're a work. working band. But they they still play this song live in concert. It's usually towards the end of the set. It's almost always right before Sister Christian. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you, you want to guess what song they usually close the set with? Uh, they close with, obviously, uh, Secret of My Success. <laughs> no, but they always play that, too, though. It's a great song. They always close with, uh, they close with You Can uh, Still Rock in America. Anyway. Nice. Here's my quick quiz for you, Steve. Do you know what the original name of this band was? It wasn't Night Ranger. I think I do. Wasn't it just Ranger? Oh, Steve, you're so smart. It was just Ranger, but they found out after they had started printing album covers that there was a country band with that same name, so the label had to destroy all those and start over again. And they decided to go with oh, nice. Night Ranger after a song that uh, Jack Blades had written for their debut album. There's an interview that we did with Jack. You can go back and search the archives for it. It would have been ugh, like ten, at least 10 years ago, but it was a fun interview, so... He was. I got a chance to introduce them on stage. That was kind of Oh, that's nice. so cool. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. They are a fun band. This remains my all-time favorite Night Ranger song. Just Pip's secret of my success at The Wire. You know what the secret of our success is on the podcast, right? The Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is, I want my mystery TV theme song. And it's only because I'm like half feverish and halfway on my deathbed that I'm actually able to get through that without stumbling through the name. It's That's the only time I actually, actually do the Seggies correctly. You're an inspiration to us all, um, we will, <laughs> We'll play a snippet of a theme song from an 80s TV show. If you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for some swag. Uh, spoiler alert. This was a tough one, and uh, therefore, the, the drawing will be very exclusive. Are you ready? Ooh. Here was the tune. That's the theme song to the soap opera Santa Barbara. We forget. I, I think this is the first time we've ever used a, a soap opera theme song. There was TV on during the, the day that wasn't cartoons? <laughs> yeah. And Donahue? We've done like Dynasty and Falcon Crest and Dallas maybe, but, but as far as like a daytime yeah, I think you're right. soap opera. I think you're right. I don't remember using any daytime shows. Santa Barbara was definitely one of those big 80s ones. Actually, there's a Santa Barbara reunion cruise that heads out this fall, early November, out of Miami. Hmm. It's the first reunion of the of the cast since the show went off the air in 1993. And if you want to, just Google uh, Santa Barbara reunion cruise, and it'll it'll pop right up, and you'll be able to see it. There's still, I think, time to to uh, book a cabin. Even nice. So, take a deep breath and read some of the winners. Winners this week, Steve, include Spraggle Rock, New York City Gal, 
and Giovanni in London, UK, who writes, Now that is the theme tune to Santa Barbara, the fan club of which I was a member in good standing. I was 13. Give me a break. <laughs> That's awesome. People love that show. That's awesome. Okay, so we could we could spin the wheel or we could play rock, paper, scissors. How do you want to determine a winner uh, here? Maybe like six coin tosses. I don't know. Let me just spin the wheel. I'll give it just a quick spin, okay? Okay. Uh. <laughs> and the winner is... You didn't hurt anything. I know that for sure. No, sir. Uh, Spraggle Rock, you are the winner. So uh, email us your postal address and we'll get a bottle opener out to you. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITDs.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Holy hell, is this like two weeks in a row where we've had uh, Please Please Tell Me Now as a, as a seggy? It's feast or famine around here, my friend. Feast or famine. It feels like it. I don't know. We, it was like one, or, one week ago, two weeks ago. Anyway, this is a segment where people uh, write us in, ask us a question about anything, and um, we are compelled by law to answer. So this week's uh, question is from Michelle Willits in Oregon, Wisconsin. And Brad, do you want to take it away? Nothing would please me more. Michelle writes, Hi, Stephen Brad. It's fall, and my son is off to his sophomore year in college. It made me think, this year will be 35 years since I started college. Brad, you've said that 15 is the formative year. Whatever happens there is what holds the heart. I I believe, if I may, the direct quote is, the golden age of everything is when you're 15 years old. But, you know, she, she sums up nicely. Anyway, we continue. I contend it's freshman year in college, which in my case is fall 1984 to spring of 1985. Fall 1984, learning how to drink, get smashed, get sick, get hung over, and then how to avoid the latter two. Toto, meeting the first Mr. Wright, marching band rehearsals and performances, including 18-degree frostbitten days, sandbagging Spanish 100, hairspray, footloose, Bon Jovi, and darts in dorm rooms, costume parties with St. Polly Girl, Boris and Natasha, and the Playboy Bunnies, journalism 101, Weird Al Yankovic, road trips over ice and snow-packed highways, Boda bags with Lambrusco, see item one above. Shockingly, a 3.8 GPA. Most important, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Most important, the best friends I've ever made. Even though I wasn't a music major, I spent more time in the music building basement than a journalism room full of typewriters. Yes, typewriters. How quaint. No Max until 1988. My college roommate and I caught up this summer during my trip home to Montana, and I made us feel good and bad when I said, We've known each other for 35 effing years. It's not just the two of us. We're part of a group that still trades Christmas cards, tries to meet up at homecoming, and probably has each other on speed dial under the 2 a.m. call. (laughs) I only hope that my 20-year-old son is as lucky as I am, that he's found his equivalent of a bunch of band geeks majoring in music, education, history, Latin, Russian, journalism, business administration, what have you. So guys, what holds your hearts from freshman year? Take care. Hopelessly stuck in 1984, Michelle Willits in Oregon, Wisconsin, which is very confusing. Why do they name it Oregon and Wisconsin? Yeah. Choose one. <laughs> okay, Brad, how was your uh, freshman year? Freshman year of college? Freshman year of college kind of sucked for me. I, you're wrong, Michelle. I lived at home my freshman year, so I really didn't connect 
that much with the people or the campus and I was working full time. So I just didn't have a whole lot of time to do anything other than go to class and get in my car and drive to work and rinse and repeat. So freshman year wasn't great. I will say sophomore year, I moved into the dorms with one of the two people that I actually met and became friends with my freshman year and things picked up sophomore year. Cool. Freshman year was the year, the only year, I guess, that I lived on campus. At, at University of Florida, you were only guaranteed a dorm room for your freshman year. Yeah. After that, you had to enter like a lottery mm-hmm. to if you wanted to still live on campus. But but for the most part, nobody did. Everybody wanted to move out. And here's why. We did terrible, terrible, unthinkable things to our dorm's common area. The kitchen, which we never cleaned, which is part of the problem, had a horrible <laughs> bug infestation. So we would uh, occasionally light it on fire to kill all the bugs. Uh, wait, you would light the kitchen on fire? We would we would spray bug spray over everything and then light the bug spray on fire. Hence, <laughs> the thing would go. Once the bug spray burned off, the fire went out. And no, no, oh, so it's fine. It's no fine. I just wouldn't eat off that done. plate for a few months. But other than that, it's fine. No, the uh, one time this was so this was um, 1985, fall 1985, spring 1986. We t- for the Super Bowl, which was the Super Bowl with the. Um, the Super Bowl shuffle, yeah, Chicago Bears, the Bears. We tore the door off the frame of the living room area, and we used it as a makeshift boat so that we could paddle <laughs> out into the lake and kidnap ducks and bring them onto our floor for our Super Bowl party. Because why wouldn't you? Is it really kidnapping if there's no ransom involved? That's a good point. I, I, I misspoke. So we just <laughs> stole just, them. Just, just grabbed them. You're with us now. So. And how it used to work was, and I feel bad for all those things, by the way. And, Don't and, tell and Larry about that. Larry's not going to be happy about your duck shenanigans. <laughs> I uh, occasionally I did get hauled before the man. Not not usually. I, I think the fire routine got me hauled before the the RA director <laughs> for a stern talking to. At the end of the year, how it worked was, they would total up the bill for all the damage that you did during the year and any sort of overtime that was required by the cleaning staff to, you know, clean up the puddles of vomit sure. on Sunday morning and all that sort of stuff. And then they would divide it equally among all the members of that floor and you had to pay that in order not to get your uh otherwise grades. They'd put a hold on your transcript or whatever. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I believe we all paid the the princely sum of three hundred dollars. <laughs> To, to cover the costs. And I think that was a bargain. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you didn't light your mattress on fire or anything. So Yeah. So so would I love to relive my freshman year? Absolutely. Uh, if I could bring the roach trapping technology of current times back with me to the 80s. Oh, you'd be a god. I, I would be in great shape. Yeah. You know, but but beyond that it was it was it was still uh, a um year to remember and a year to forget. Yeah. If I'm going back to freshman year, I'm going back to do it different. Yeah. As always, we love your PPT men questions. Please remember, uh, just send them to us at podcast at com. Put PPTMN in the subject line. Hey, that's all we've got for this week. Brad and I will be back next week with a new show. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, the RA directors at the University of Florida haven't caught on to uh, – any sort of confessions I made this this episode, they are not legally binding, and I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has expired. Oh, long expired, long expired. You're <laughs> yeah. in the clear. You're in the clear. It's been 40 years since I graduated. No, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
You're not that old. It's been 30 years since I graduated. Yeah. In the meantime, Brad, myself, and Night Ranger, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Just a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway.